more time. Take y'all back to 03 with that. <laughs> it is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And for some of my uh, young members of the State of the Saints podcast, back in probably about 04, 05, we used to, hey, you know what I'm saying, lean with it and rock with it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but thank y'all so much for being a part of the podcast. I really do appreciate it. This is the podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we're going to be talking about wide receiver Michael Thomas. That's right. The guy that's behind me, that is who we're going to be talking about today. That is who our focus is going to be on. Okay. Because I didn't do a show yesterday, folks. I didn't do a show yesterday. Um, honestly, um, y'all know how I roll, man. When I feel like I'm not really fully into it or something comes up, I want to make sure I give you my all. So the reason I didn't get to a show yesterday, because I knew that I wasn't going to give you my all. But lo and behold, um, on last night, I got so many emails, so many inboxes. Everybody wanted to talk about Michael Thomas, right? Everybody wanted to talk about Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas seems to be hurt again. Uh, This time he pulled his hamstring, didn't practice on yesterday. What's going on with Michael Thomas? I'm seeing all these conspiracy theories. People are saying he's trying to force his way out in New Orleans. Thus, the title of the show, okay, because I've seen people, anytime anytime I, I put a topic on the show, people think that I'm trying to clickbait or I'm just trying to be reckless with my rhetoric. No, 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 okay? I do shows for the people that support the State of the Saints podcast. Anybody that has been rolling with me since day one, Know that I take a lot of my show topics from people that actually inbox me. So don't blame me for coming up with this topic, all right? Don't blame me because this is what people seem to want to talk about, all right? We're going to be talking about Michael Thomas and is he trying to force his way out of New Orleans? Look, this is going to be the quickest State of the Saints podcast solution in history okay this is going to be the quickest answer in the world hell no all right absolutely not anybody that thinks that michael thomas is coming up with this 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 plan to force his way out of new orleans please put down the weed okay put down the shrooms you know what i'm saying leave leave the pills alone because something is clearly wrong with you michael thomas is one of the most competitive people in the NFL. This guy is so competitive that he is willing to steal off on his teammate, right? Why in the world would this guy want to force his way out of New Orleans, a place that has given him more receptions over the past four seasons? He is not going to get this type of production just anywhere. He is not going to be the focal point of the offense everywhere, 
Okay, that is the most asinine theory. And I get it. I get it who that nation. We are the kings and queens of conspiracy theories. We love ourselves a conspiracy theory. We got conspiracy theories about, you know, about the, the Super Bowl in 2018. I'm one of those people. We got conspiracy theories about the referees. We got a that's one. I'm also one of those people. Um, we got conspiracy theories all the way around. Okay, but this isn't one of those cases. This isn't one of those cases where we need to be concerned about Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is black and gold. Okay, I mean, they pretty much summed that up with that five year contract that they gave him. Is Michael Thomas a choir boy? Absolutely not. Is my Michael Thomas a politician? Absolutely not. The guy is just competitive, and I do not feel like the New Orleans Saints are trying to get him up out of there, and I definitely don't believe that Michael Thomas is trying to get himself up out of here, okay? So let's just go ahead and kill that noise right now, all right? Let's go ahead and kill that noise right now because that is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I, I, anybody that has been inboxing me about this, man, I'm sorry. I love you, but, man, chill out. Okay, there is no validity behind this. The guy left practice because he had a little bit of a tweak of the hamstring. And so what? You know what I'm saying? If he missed practice, the Saints know what they got in Michael Thomas. Right. I mean, everybody know this dude a beast. So what if he missed practice? And so what if this has something to do with the fact that they don't want him to practice with a high ankle sprain? All right. Maybe something is wrong with his hamstring but not to the extreme that everybody making it out to be. Maybe it was a report, just like the other report was. Maybe the guy is sitting on the sidelines. Maybe he's not practicing fully because the Saints don't want him to go out there, you know what I'm saying, on a high ankle sprain. So putting hamstring on there, you know, maybe it's just a way to get the media off his back, okay? But I don't know, man. I, I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. I think – to me, this this is my this is my personal opinion. I feel like he's still not fully healed from that high ankle sprain. The high ankle sprain is way more important than this so-called <laughs> hamstring injury. And I think the Saints are just trying to keep him on the sidelines and try to get him ready to play for Sunday. That's all I think this is. I don't think there's anything behind this, folks. Uh, uh, anybody that just believed that Michael Thomas is on his way out of New Orleans, so he's trying to force his way out. Knock it off. Knock it off. All right. So uh let's go ahead. We're gonna we we summed that up. Okay. Like I said, this this is gonna be a this gonna be pretty quick. This open and shut right here. This is honestly, I don't I don't want anybody to waste their time con- concerning themselves about Michael Thomas possibly being being traded. All right. Or or him trying to force a trade. Uh trade for Travis. What is it? Flog flog him. Who who the heck is that? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, pockets are too heavy. Uh, look, man. <laughs> I don't understand this, man. I, I really just don't understand this. I, I really don't get it, right? It's again like we just wait to try to criticize a guy. Like, if anybody that don't deserve criticism is Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is the most consistent part of the New Orleans Saints offense for the past four years. Why is it that any time a guy gets hurt, why is it that every time a guy might not have the best game, he becomes a diva or he quitting on the team? 
or he just not good enough. I swear, boy, we changed our mind about players on the Saints team like people change their draws. Like, seriously, man, why can't the guy just be hurt? There's no way in the world Michael Thomas, Michael freaking Thomas, would be sitting on the sidelines if he wasn't fully hurt. There's no way. As competitive as this dude is, there is no freaking way this dude would be sitting on the sidelines if he wasn't hurt. I'm serious, man. I I think we need to get this man a benefit of the doubt. But that's what we do, man. When a guy starts getting a big contract, then we start looking at everything they do, man. It's about that money. Dude been the same dude. He been the same dude. This isn't the first time Michael Thomas got in a fight with a teammate in practice. Him and Marshawn Lattimore fought all the time, right? They fought all the time. But you know why we're looking at it now? It's because we invested five years, $100 million in this dude. Now, all of a sudden, everything that he does is under a microscope. Now, if he was out here getting paid $4 million or $3 million like he was before he got his big deal, we wouldn't care. So what's the point now? Now we're just looking at him because we got some type of investment. But God, dog, you know what I'm saying? He went out there, balled out last year with the contract. So what make you think that he don't want to do it again? That I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I got a now 4K uh, to pay uh, TJ. <laughs> man uh good morning who that uh less the day um man shouts out to you man uh michael says reports saying hamstring i don't know man i don't know what to believe i just believe they sitting them out that's that's just my I, honest opinion i i just think that 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 high ankle sprain uh he said he can't uh, look i want y'all to understand this timeline here okay he was going to play in the game versus the Chargers. Him and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson get into a fight. The Saints suspend him, right? Then Cam Jordan goes on first take. Michael Thomas just so happened to be at the facility on a bye week, and he tells the entire world, he tells the entire world that I'm playing on Sunday, which is a big no-no. We know that Sean Payne don't like to disclose any type of injuries or give any other team any competitive advantage. So they didn't know if Michael Thomas was going to play or not, right? If Michael Thomas went went out there on first take and said to the world that I was going to play, it would have left the Carolina Panthers second guessing, is he going to play or not, right? So who's to say Sean Payton being the competitor that he is and a guy that is completely paranoid, who's to say that he didn't come up with this hamstring injury so michael thomas can rest up his high ankle sprain in order for him to play on sunday maybe he put that out there into the news just like they put the whole michael thomas team distraction uh situation out in the news maybe they put that out in the news to put in the back of matt rule and the carolina panthers head that there's maybe a little bit of a possibility that michael thomas may not play on sunday Michael Thomas is not going absolutely nowhere. That's what I'm saying. He ain't going nowhere. I, I don't, I'm not buying that at all. I'm not buying the BS rhetoric the media is putting out and the fans are eating it up, which I don't understand. I, I really don't understand that, Reggie. I don't. I don't, man. It, it, I, I don't get it. I, I don't. Why are we so hell-bent on these conspiracy theories, man? Like, 
I, I got a lot of respect for the media down there in New Orleans, man. But uh, I, they they can't get bored, uh, just like we can, okay? And they can't go out there, throw something against the wall, and hope that it stick. I, I seen people asking me, are the Saints getting J.J. Watt? Because during a bye week, uh, a journalist wrote, you know, that the Saints possibly trading for J.J. Watt makes sense. Just, I mean, <laughs> just because they put an article out about J.J. Watt don't mean the Saints are going to get J.J. Watt. They're trying to present scenarios out there, okay, to try to get your spider, uh, you know, saying your spider senses tingling, so to speak, right? Just to give you something to think about. Don't mean that the Saints are trying to make these things happen. I've I seen somebody ask me about Ryan Kerrigan, okay? Great player. Don't get me wrong. Been been one of the most underrated defensive ends in the NFL out there for the football team. But come on, man. Like, until we actually see these transactions take place, like in Dockway, you know what I'm saying, going from Minnesota to the Baltimore Ravens, until we actually see the transaction happen, both parties agreeing, all this stuff is just pure hearsay right now, pure speculation. There, there, there is absolutely no validity in Michael Thomas forcing his way out of New Orleans. Absolutely not. And you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm, I'm being 100 serious. And this, to me, this, this ain't come from nobody, no journalists or nothing like this. The information that I'm telling you right now is coming from a person that is really close to the organization, right? Really close to the organization. All right. So trust and believe. Trust and believe me when I am telling you. <laughs> that there's absolutely no validity in this whatsoever okay i would not i would not cite my source but trust to believe there's no validity <laughs> behind this right and I, honestly i'm just having this conversation right now is because a fair share of who that nation members wanted me to talk about this you know that's, that's the only reason i'm talking about this right now so trust and believe i'm, I'm letting y'all know right now no like on a scale of one to ten of you you being concerned, you should be zero percent concerned. Okay, zero. Uh laughing my uh yeah, y'all know laughing my A off. I'm good with JJ. Uh yeah, man. Um his best days behind him. I'm not saying he ain't got nothing to offer, but uh ah uh, nah. Uh, Sanchez, uh, why are we so quick to turn against our own squad, especially because eh, we believe everything the media tells us, man? That's what we do. Like, you know, I I, I hate to say it, man, but I'm gonna go here, man. I, I'm the I'm I'm in this mood today. I'm in this mood today. This is the same reason why we're in the condition we are as a world right now, because we believe everything that people tell us. Rather you're you're rather you're a Republican or a Democrat, rather you're you know what I'm saying like some of these issues like we watch television and we believe everything that somebody tells us right and then we go and we present it to one another and we find ourselves going at it with each other we cannot believe everything that we hear we can't believe everything that we see just like we have speculation just like i do this show just like honestly just like you all uh, just like you all send me these these questions and these comments, and I'll read them. This is basically your opinion. Me doing this show is me giving my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't gospel. 
It's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if people be like, TJ, you right. It still ain't gospel. It's me giving my opinion about what I feel about this team and vice versa. So just because somebody has a blue check mark by their name on social media does not mean that they're just always right. I mean, I, I don't know, man. Just because they verify don't mean that they legit all the time and going to tell you, you know, everything. You know, they just basically giving their opinion just like you and me. They just probably have like a, a bigger platform. Good thing about all of this, uh, we're getting everybody healthy and Davenport isn't on the injury report, surprisingly. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I hope hopefully, man, we see what he actually been working on this offseason. You know, hopefully we see that because I'm getting a little nervous about my boy, man. Public enemy uh, told you years ago, don't believe the hype. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point, Sheldon. Good point. Uh, Keith says, this is the world we live in now. If you blank an eye too hard, you're being judged for it. Number 13 is a saint for life. Now, I won't go out on, out there and say he a saint for life, man. We we all know that this is a business at the end of the day, okay? I mean, I'm pretty sure Mark Ingram at one time thought he was going to be a saint for life. Um, I'm pretty sure Jimmy Graham at one time thought he was going to be a saint for life. So, I mean, this is a business. So, I mean, stranger things can't happen. I must just say for the foreseeable future, he'll be a saint. But, um, you know, I mean, things happen. Mike T is an elite wide receiver. Media like to make superstars look bad. Mike Thomas' health is more important than to worry about what the media uh, nor outsiders say. <clears throat> we just got to focus on the game Sunday. Yeah, man. You know, Michael Thomas, I mean, he falls into that category, man, you know, um, and it, it don't really help his cause that, you know, he is uh, showing some signs of a uh, deviant behavior. But uh, I don't know, man. I just feel like maybe I don't feel like this is something that just came overnight. OK, I just think that this is something that always been going on. Like I said, it's amplified now because he's under under the under the microscope i mean he's the reigning offensive player of the year so i mean of course you're gonna have the spotlight on you uh the media got us uh caught up talking down on mike instead of saying we're going to play with a full uh, arsenal finally this sunday uh got me caught up (laughs) ain't got me caught up at all because i mean i i didn't believe it in the first place I mean, I post a video of him on the sidelines, you know, working out with the team trainer. But I never thought like anything about any of these stories, man. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying what they're selling. Antonio Brown uh, is the best. Well, he's the best not playing right now because he still ain't got a team. I mean, I'm hearing things about the Seahawks, but we'll see. I know this isn't related to... uh, let me see, but what you feel about ABTJ? You think the Saints should go after him after eligibility? No, no, I don't. No, I, I really don't. I, I, this isn't like one of those situations where the Saints need him. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, I don't feel like they they need this guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like how it was like a couple years ago. Like, I really feel like Emmanuel Sanders is the answer uh, that the Saints been looking for as a number one slash number two or one a or whatever you want to put it type receiver you know and i also think that traquan smith and answered the bell 
and we also have to take into account folks you know the the chemistry that uh drew Brees has to have with receivers like look how it took about three four weeks in order for him and emmanuel sanders to get on the same page so i don't know man now i'm i'm really not interested right now in him you know if this was like sometime last year and the saints were like dealing with some of those issues then i'd be like yeah but i like emmanuel sanders as a complimentary receiver you know and he's also stepping up as that number one receiver so why why ruin a good thing trying to bring in uh antonio brown michael thomas uh isn't going nowhere i won't let him <laughs> Ghostface. uh well you know as long as we got you on the team man we we good then saints fans uh get me mad sometimes this is why we suck sometimes we overreact and never just let these guys develop and then uh we complain why we don't live up to uh to the potential um i have to say man you're 100 right you know don't nobody give up quicker than a saints fan I, I often say on this show like we love players from down to down first down we love them second down we hate them third down we love them fourth down we hate them you know what i'm saying like that's just what it is if a guy misses one play or whiff on one tackle uh get burnt on one play he sucked uh if he drop a pass then he got butterfingers uh if you know what i'm saying if he have a bad game he don't get no sacks then we wasting our money like i i just don't understand it like i get it man like new orleans saints fans are emotional and and i i get that but you also got to be logical too man like you got to be logical you know that's that's the kind of stuff right there that that make other fan bases call us whiners. Right? That's the truth. That's, that's one of the reasons why. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't keep the same energy. You know? Like, that, that's what that's what is very, very important in this world today. You got to keep the same energy. Because if you don't, you sound like you're whining. It sounds like you're complaining all the time, right? You know, like, so, especially, like, if, if a player plays bad, I'll give you a prime example, right? I'm, I'm going to give you an example. Now, let's just make, let's just, let's just say that the Chargers won the last game the Saints played. What would be the last memory that everybody had? It would be Marshawn Lattimore getting worked on one play by Mike Williams. People would be saying, man, Lattimore suck. Lattimore suck. Get that bum up out of here. Get him out of here. But, because he made the game-saving tackle, oh, now nah, we ain't got nothing to worry about. We good here. We good. He, he At least he made the play. But what would have happened if he didn't make that play? That is why it's very, very important to keep the same energy. I know the Saints played bad in that game, so I came on the show saying that they played bad despite the fact, despite the fact that they actually won the game. That's keeping the same energy. Being upset at how they played and just completely washing it away because they won is not keeping the same energy. And that is why if they were to lose a game like that and we would be mad and be complaining, that is why other fan bases will refer to us as whiners. So it's very important. This is a teachable lesson here to keep the same energy. All right. So if you have an issue with a player, 
Don't just have an issue with a player because he had a bad game, all right? Don't just say, oh, man, they need to get rid of him because he had one bad game. Like, allow these players to develop. Uh, Y'all know Keyshawn Johnson, uh, his big on keeping it real with him, number 13. Um, Man, I, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not sure, man. I don't know what's going on. I don't even think it's that big of an issue. Can you blame us when Diggs uh, screwing us over one year and the refs the next? We are itching for success. Uh, no, I, I, I don't blame you. But at the same time, when these issues occur, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can't just sit around here and pretend like the Saints were just out here playing lights out. Like, that is what I'm talking about here. You have to ask yourself the question, folks. When it comes to like some of these games, why are the Saints in this position? What caused them to be in a position to put it in the hands of the referees? What, what, how did they play in order for it to come down to the last possession? If we start really thinking about that type of stuff, would we really just be up here talking about this person? Is this person fault? That person fault? Probably not. You know, probably not. And I'm like I said. I just I don't have no issue with that. I just want people to keep the same energy. I don't want to be crucified or talked about because I I go I say that they can play better despite the fact that it, that they they won. You know I I feel like you need to keep the same energy. You can't just get mad at somebody because they criticize the team when you know for a fact they ain't play good and the only thing they did was win. So keep the same energy, folks. Uh, regardless of Mike T, I'm just happy to have 3,000 fans in the Dome Sunday instead of fake crowd noise. Enjoy and grab a beer. Look, I said it on, on Twitter. I said it on uh, Facebook. If you're one of those 3,000 people that's considered going to the game or you got a ticket and you're just going to sit on your hands and you're not going to say nothing and you're going to save your voice, like just go ahead and get that ticket to somebody else, okay? Go ahead and and, and scalp on Sunday on Poetry Street and be like, hey, man, I got this ticket. I wanted a 3000 You want to go to the game? Lose your voice. You know what I'm saying? I need 3000 of the rowdiest, craziest fans that we can find in order to try to disrupt the best way they know how. Now, we all know that 3000 isn't a lot. It's not a lot, folks. We know that. You know it. I know it. It's not a lot of people. Okay? But let's get, get 3000 of the realest fans that we can find. All right, we don't need no choir boys up in there. We don't need no monks. We, you know, what I'm saying no disrespect to any choir boys or monks out there. But seriously, like we don't need people just sitting on their hands. We need loud and proud out there. Uh, slant man, slant man, yeah, that's him. Uh, KJ Longwell, uh, Longway. Um, look, who cares if a guy runs a slant? Like that don't that don't mean that he a bad wide receiver. You know, that don't mean he's a bad wide receiver. I don't understand that. And I, I, I really honestly, I'm, I'm going to say this. Forget it. Anybody that's uh, calling this man slant man and think that's like some type of insult, never played the game of football. And damn sure ain't never played receiver, right? And, it, you know, like, do people understand how hard it is to catch a football? When, they, you know what I'm saying, at, at short range, when a cornerback has press coverage, when a cornerback is pressing you, 
is pushing you. He has five yards to push you. So if Michael Thomas, for example, is catching the ball within five yards, this man is right on him, jamming him. That's a testament to how good this guy is with his hands and his feet. So for everybody that feel like this is some type of insult, uh, you're really telling on yourself and you're letting people know that you know nothing about football. Absolutely nothing. And your damn show ain't never did, did no slants. Uh, no, uh, no, uh, ten, no, no, ten and ends, uh, no, you know, what I'm saying no five yard outs in your entire life because I can tell you that it is very, very hard, very, very hard to catch a pass within five yards when a when a cornerback is pressing you. That is like, like honestly, <laughs> anybody that think that's an insult don't know football. I, I'm just being honest with you. TJ, what's your prediction on the final uh, record of this season? I have the Saints 10 and 6 or 11 and 5. I had them at 11 and 5, you know. I had them at 11 and 5. You know, that that's what I that's what I uh what I said. And right now, the season is going exactly the way I said it was going to go. I don't know if y'all checked out in all season uh my NFC South uh prediction uh you know, a video, but it, it's looking about the same. It's looking about the same. It's looking the same way I, I, I pictured it too. Something better than nothing. I love when people call Mike T slant man. It's hilarious because DBs know it's coming and still can't do a damn thing about it. And like I said, you know, running a slant is one of the hardest routes to run. But people people don't understand it. And people don't understand it at all. They think they think nine routes, uh, you know what I'm saying, defines you as a great wide receiver. You know, but that's the reason why people like Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens and uh, you know, people like that, uh, Michael Irvin. That's that's why people like that ain't in the Hall of Fame, right? You know, because they had that four, two, four, three speed taking the top off the defense. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, because that's that's the true definition of a great receiver, running nine routes straight up the field, street routes smoking the cornerbacks leaving them in the dust that's what defines a great wide receiver Can, i mean thank you for telling us i really do appreciate that slant going across the middle uh you have to be tough pretty much i'm so tired of hearing slant man but can't nobody stop him if you don't like it stop it why he insulted him uh you say why he insulted because people say that's the only thing that he runs. That's why he insulted. But that's not all that he run. But even if he did, is what I'm telling you. You know, it's a testament to how good that guy really is. Look who's talking, a Panther fan. Ha ha. Yeah, man. I mean, that Panther fan, they, they invited, man. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to KJ, man. I ain't got no problem with that. He can come up here talking mud noise he want to. I have no problem with that, man. You know what I'm saying? We, we need this, that, that friendly competition there and now and then. It makes, the show, it makes the show fun as well, man, you know? I mean, I, I know some of y'all, you know, don't just want no Saint, all Saints fans in the comments. It makes things interesting. I know some of y'all be be ready for somebody from the opposing team to come talk some notes. <laughs> oh, man. It makes the show interesting. Bounty Gate, 1981. Look who talking, a Panthers fan. Huh. Uh... Hell, years ago, catching a slant would get you knocked out. Yep. 
the same slant that beat your team. I feel like there isn't an injury. Something seems off, bro. Uh, I don't think there's an injury either. I think it's him uh, rehabbing his injury. And I think the Saints put that out there in order for, uh, you know, him to be able to rest a little bit. That, that's what I feel. Because if if he, let's just say, for example, he's still dealing with the high ankle sprain when he wasn't out there. Then the media be like, what are you ain't out there for? What are you ain't out there for? And it would become annoying. So I feel like the Saints probably put this, uh, you know, he probably do have, you know, a little bit of an injury or something like that. But we all know, man, that when the Saints put their injury report out, they'll say something like shoulder, elbow. Who knows what's wrong with the shoulder? Who knows what's wrong with the elbow, right? And just because you say a hamstring injury, that can mean, you know, that could, that could go as much as like a pulled hamstring or he had a cramp. And you know what I'm saying? He need a massage. I mean, it's so it's so broad, man. You know, it, it's so broad. We just we just hear the word hamstring and just automatically expect the worst. But, I mean, who knows, man? This This could be, you know, I mean – this could be a situation where he needs a physical therapist or it could be, you know, one of those situations where you just need a coupon to uh, the massage envy. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, I'll take slants as long as he's catching and scoring, man. He's one of the best. I don't care about the slants. I mean, what's the difference? Honestly, what's the difference? What's the difference between catching a nine route and, you know what I'm saying, getting tackled? And catching a slant route and getting tackled, like what that give you instant credibility or something? Like I'm confused. Like do nine do do streak routes and deep posts give you credibility or something? Like I I don't know. That's that's the type of like honestly, that's the type of NFL that we in right now because we're being trained that down the field explosive plays defines you as a great player. Like automatically, you know what I'm saying? Just because you got a rocket arm. Like somebody like Josh Allen, no disrespect to him, man. He's doing a good job this year. You know what I'm saying? Was an MVP candidate, had two bad games or whatever. He has a big arm, man. So, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, does, does Josh Allen's strong arm make him a better quarterback than Drew Brees? Does that make him a better quarterback than Tom Brady? Hell no, nah, because he can throw more, I mean, longer yards than him? Absolutely not. That's what we own right now. Because we know that when you have like certain attributes, the media falls in love with you and they just push you out there, right? So because Tyreek Hill is super fast, right? Because Hollywood Brown is super fast, because Julio is super fast, because these guys can take the top off the defense, they, that automatically gives them more worth than Michael Thomas because Michael Thomas is more of a fundamentally sound receiver than, than most. Like, that sounds ridiculous, man. Like, that is crazy. Like, who cares? Like, they're all on a trajectory to Canton, right? They're all on a trajectory to Canton. And I just feel like just because you run a 4-2 and you can take the top off the defense don't mean that you have more credibility than Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, despite what you're talking about, the man catches the ball 81% of the time. And let's not act as if they don't have other wide receivers out there with the that run the same routes as him but aren't getting the same type of success it takes footwork it takes hand fighting it takes you know what i'm saying strength in order for you to even get separation five yards 
know what I'm saying, competing and battling with a cornerback. All my people out there that have played football, played on the offensive side of the ball, that lined up at wide receiver at one time or another, know what I'm talking about. Hope the Panthers ready for this butt whipping. Yeah, going to be an interesting game, man. T24 Mamba 8 says, I think he won't he want out because Drew Brees is old and he don't want to play with Jameis uh, when Drew uh, done. Big facts. I disagree with that. I don't believe that at all. That, that's, you know, I, I don't agree with that, man. I think that uh, this guy can play with anybody. You know what I'm saying? And I think he, I don't know. I, like I said, I just think that he, uh, this is one of those situations that's not that deep. We ain't losing uh, to the 49ers this year. I hope not. TJ, Earl's still a free agent. Do you think he could help this team uh, more than Marcus? Uh, no uh, hate on Marcus. No, he can't. Um, and I didn't stutter when I said that. No, he can't. Like, despite what you may think about Marcus Williams, Marcus Williams is more familiar with this defense than Earl Thomas is. And the way that the Saints play defense, this isn't like the Seattle Seahawks. I want people to understand this, folks. You know, the Seattle Seahawks, they do a lot of freestyle defenses, right? You know, Earl Thomas did a lot of freestyling out there. He was the one that was able to call his own shots. It's very few defenses that allow safeties to call their own shots. I think the last time I actually seen something like this uh, probably was the Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, Troy Polamalu, Ed Reed, you know what I'm saying, that, that type of stuff. Earl Thomas was able to call his own shot. He was able to, like, look at the play, dissect it, and see what direction he wants to go in. With the Saints, we complain about the Saints every single week, right? About all these different packages defensively that they have, the way that they line up, the way that they scheme, uh, the way that, you know, some of those uh, formations just don't work. We talk about this all the time. So I don't think Earl Thomas would be a good fit for the New Orleans Saints because Earl Thomas is one of those instinctive safeties. He's not one of those guys that's a system safety like Marcus Williams is. So I don't feel like that would be a good look. Um, I, I don't know if he'll be able to, for a guy that has spent about, what, about nine, ten years in a system where he was able to freestyle, and that's including if you uh, look at Baltimore, I don't know if you'll be able to do that with Earl. I'm not sure. That would that would be kind of tough for him. Saints will sleep, uh, sweep the whole NFC South this year. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know about that. The Saints still have a chance to get it together, but they have to play as tough as they uh, want to win on both sides of the ball. I don't know. I'm starting to believe that this is what we're going to be getting this season. Because, I mean, look, I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, – <laughs> I just feel like, you know, my mom has a saying. She says, when somebody show you who they are, believe them. And I'm starting to believe what I'm seeing from this team, okay? I mean, it's, it's, this isn't like this, oh, it just happened this year. It's a reoccurring thing, folks. It's a reoccurring thing. Look, I just feel like we're going to watch the Saints game. We're going to start off with, with high expectations. Then we're going to start getting frustrated in the middle of the game because the same situation starting to go on. This has been going on for about two to three years, man. Uh, you know, defense. Uh, giving up big plays, not being able to stop nobody, pass interference calls, like, this ain't nothing new. 
I seen that man run every route so since he's been in the league. Yeah. And then you have to take into account, I want people to understand this too. What is the one thing that we constantly talk about on this show? We talk about Drew Brees' inability to throw the ball down the field. We talk about the Saints not dialing it up. We talk about how the Saints don't throw the ball down the field 20-plus yards consistently. So ask yourself this question. Is it the fact that he can't run those routes? Or is it the fact that the Saints don't run that type of offense? Or the fact that Sean Payton don't ask him to try to do those type of things because he knows most likely Drew Brees won't deliver him the football. But what people aren't paying attention to is when Taysom Hill threw the ball to him for 25 yards last season, he caught it. When Taysom Hill threw him the ball for uh, 27 yards on the sidelines with the toe drag swag, he caught it. When Taysom Hill threw him that pass 55 yards versus the Minnesota Vikings, he caught it. And finally, when the Saints played the Philadelphia Eagles, when they beat them boys to sleep 38-7, to if you notice, Drew Brees threw him a pass down the field, and guess what? He caught it. Right, so you have to ask yourself this question Is it Michael Thomas can't get vertical, or is the fact that the Saints don't require him to do so? Because every time they ask him to do so, he catches the damn ball. You can even go back to his, you can even like, you can go back to his rookie season when we all realized this dude was special. The game against the San Francisco 49ers back in 2000. It was that 2016 when I think Drew Brees threw him the ball in the back of the end zone and he had no business catching that football. And you heard Rondé Barber say, man, this guy's going to be special. Okay. So that was a pretty deep pass. So anybody that's saying that this guy, oh man, he don't run or he can't run. Like where's your proof at? Where's your proof? You know what I'm saying? And, and I feel like that is a contradiction that every this is how you know people hate. This is how you know people hate who that nation. Every media outlet that covers the Saints have been using the same storyline all year long. Drew Brees, lack of arm strength, inability to throw the ball down the field on a consistent basis. This has been a narrative. But yet we have Fans of other teams infiltrate State of the Saints podcast who come on some of these uh, Facebook groups who come on Twitter to try to talk about Saints fans about Michael Thomas. That is the biggest hypocrisy. That is the biggest contradiction ever. The media telling you that the quarterback is not throwing the ball down the field, but yet you use that. You, I mean, you ignore that fact to talk about Michael Thomas and him not running deep routes. I mean, could it possibly be <laughs> because of Drew Brees not throwing the ball down the field? Like, come on, man. Like, that's the, like, I feel like anybody that's making an argument right now, like, you're looking stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is, <laughs> that is, that is ridiculous. That is, that is absolutely ridiculous. That's like saying, man, you know what I'm saying? My car don't want to move. You look at the gas tank and be like, well, obviously the gas don't want to move because, I mean, the car ain't going to move because you out of gas, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you had gas, then your car would move. So, you know what I'm saying? So, if he had the if he had the opportunity, get the ball down the field, 
if he had Mahomes or something like that, and he wasn't catching this ball, then you can have an argument. But when you're hearing about a quarterback not throwing the ball down the field, and yet you're still talking about him just running close routes, come on. Like, come on. Seriously. Uh, Jameis is going to unlock my T deep route ability. Tramal, what up, fam? It's funny how we bring down Mike T even after all his work, but we're real quiet about Dennis Allen. Who? Who? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who? Not me. Not I. No, sir. Not 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 me. I'm definitely man, I've definitely been vocal about Dennis Allen. If there's any blame to put uh, for our failure these past years, it's him. Absolutely. Uh, but please. Man, I definitely have been putting Dennis Allen foot to the fire here on the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, Mike runs uh, routes that that is Breeze, uh, like routes uh, strictly for Breeze. Yeah, short, short, intermediate routes, pretty much. This is a wake-up call for the Saints. We need defensive special teams to win games regardless of how the offense plays. They need to be uh, the mindset of the defense. Well, that is, that is true. Uh, that needs to be the mind frame of the defense. But, ah, man, look, I I don't know, man. I don't think I don't think we're gonna have a credible defense to Dennis Allen going. I'm gonna say it. If we're looking for these guys to come out here and channel their 2,000 Ravens or 85 Bears, you're wasting your time, folks. Dennis Allen is not the answer. He ain't it. You might you might go out here and see the Saints play some some pretty good defense for about one or two games but bro i need consistency okay I, I need consistency i don't need two games just to shut me up i need consistency i until the saints actually be recognized like they did in the early 90s for some of you probably don't know the saints had one of the best defenses in all of football when jim morrow was the coach they had they had what they like to call the dome patrol right they ran a three four defense uh if you w- ever watched uh nfl top 10 they had, you know, arguably, well, according to that top 10, they had the best linebacker corp in NFL history, right? You know what I'm saying? Until they, like, be recognized as a fierce defense like that, then I'll go continue to say that Dennis Allen ain't the answer. And I'm serious, folks. I want the Saints to have a defense. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't want them to have a little bit of a defense. I Look, the term bend but don't break, nah, bro, nah, 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 nah. I want them to have a really good defense. That's that's what I want because I am going to be the bearer of bad news with that nation. If the Saints don't fix that defense, we're gonna have some dark, we're gonna have some dark times in the future because we're not gonna have Drew Brees to bail us out of situations anymore. I mean, I'm just being serious. Like, and any quarterback that comes in, I don't think we're gonna trust them like Drew Brees, right? Even if it's Jameis, even if it's Taysom. Whoever it is, it probably is not going to be the same. And you better have a damn good defense to be able to back back it up. You know what I'm saying? Because we can talk about the Bucks, we can talk about Carolina, but eventually, man, them teams are going to figure it out. And the question going to be is, what the hell are we going to do? Like that is why I said, man, we don't have time to be lollygagging and pussyfooting around here. 
they need to get themselves a defense. This bromance, this love affair, this attachment that Sean Payton has to some of these coaches up in here that clearly isn't the answer. Look, you can still be cool with the guys. Go to Emerald's restaurant with them for all I care. You know what I'm saying? Like, text them on the weekends, be friends. You know what I'm saying? Sit at the house, watch Netflix together, eat popcorn. I can get them now the doggone. But be brave enough. Have a set and realize that this isn't the answer. Be, be, be real with yourself and say, I got to do what's in the best interest of the team. This guy is not doing what's in the best interest of the team when for the last three years, the Saints have been having the same issues. Penalties in the secondary, guys' inability to cover, lack of turnovers. It has been a reoccurring thing. And somebody has to tell me what has been the common denominator after all these years. It has been Dennis freaking Allen. How is it that other players can leave the team and go other places and be playing like God dog, you know what I'm saying? Like, why we let this dude go? For example, Kenneth Vaccaro out there in Tennessee, man, is balling the hell out, right? This man is balling out. You know what I'm saying? Like, how is it that guys leave this organization? How is it that guys lead his team? Go somewhere else, ball the hell out. Ball out. We watching these guys like, God, dog, man, why they ain't do that for us? Maybe you have to ask yourself the question. How are they being utilized? I mean, what the hell is really going on here? Is there some favoritism going on? Is guys not willing to allow these other guys to step up? Why are you not giving younger guys chances? Like, <laughs> I really just don't understand it. How are you so concerned about the play of Keith Washington? Maybe he won't get it. Maybe he don't understand it. But like I said before, if Keith Washington goes out there and gets smoked, I mean, is he doing anything else that we haven't seen all season? P. Robinson got smoked. Janora Jenkins that got smoked. Marshawn Lattimore that got smoked. Marcus Williams that got smoked. Malcolm Jenkins that got smoked. I mean, so if this young kid goes out there and gets smoked, I mean, seriously, folks, would we even care at this point? But at least I would respect these dudes to say, damn, they trying something new. They're trying to see what they actually have out there. You get rid of these guys. They go other places and they ball out. And for me, I'm getting sick of it. I'm getting sick of it, man. Until they change their mind frame, until they change the way that they actually are structured defensively, we are setting ourselves up for failure. We are setting ourselves up for failure. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we setting ourselves up. We are playing ourselves. If we hoping and wishing and praying that one day, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like that woman, you know what I'm saying? It's praying for that man to finally go to Zales and get that ring. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you realize that he don't want no long-term commitment. You know what I'm saying? He tells you everything and shows you everything that you need to see and hear that proves to you that he's not ready for a long-term commitment. The Saints defense has shown us year after year after year after year after year that they are not 
good. They, they are. <laughs> they they will play well. They will show bright spots. They will maybe play a game or two for us to get off their case, but it's inevitable that when it matters most, when the game is on the line and the chips are on the table, they are going to fold like a tent that comes from family dollar. You know it. <laughs> and I know it. <laughs> Straight up. Screw it. How are you, Dan Quinn, as defensive coordinator? Man, somebody. Somebody, man. But Chris Rashad is my, my solution. If he's still out there, man, you hire Chris Rashad. Let me let me go back up, man. I know I said quite a bit, uh, seeing some people comment as I went along. Let's see. Let's start, with, let's start with the guest, man. Boy, KJ. KJ says, I don't know, Mike, that uh let me see. That win against Green Bay is more impressive than uh any other win by an NFC South team. Uh I guess you're talking about the Buccaneers on that one, I guess. Look, I, man, bro, I don't know, man. I know we lost to Green Bay, but Green Bay is not that good, man. You know what I'm saying? They they not. Green Bay is not that good. Like, I feel like if we were to play them again, I feel like we can blow them out. They're not that good, man. First off, like, if you impose your will on Green Bay, they will quit. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is not built like Drew Brees. And I think people need to understand that. If Aaron Rodgers is getting pressure in his face, he getting sacked, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, he feel like, you know what I'm saying, his offensive line can't block that day. I don't feel like he's like Drew Brees, like, man, come on, man. We got it, man. We can do it. Tempo, tempo. I don't feel like that. I feel like if he knows that he's going to get sacked, if he knows he's going to be in for a, a long day, he's going to phone it in. I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I rarely see Aaron Rodgers just go out there and just pitch comebacks like that. Like, it's rather they they win big or they lose big. And I think that's a reflection of something, man. So I, I really feel that way, you know? I, I think that the Green Bay Packers are, are okay, but I don't think they're as good as people making them out to be. I don't. I thought they were smoking mirrors last year, and I think they smoking mirrors this year. Secondary is sorry. Aaron Glenn got to go. I think a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people feel that way. Uh, if we had an offense uh, back in the Dome Patrol day, we would have won multiple Super Bowls. Yep, yep, would have. Yep. Uh, already read that. You're right, can't argue, but it's still uh, early. Uh, KJ, uh, kudos to Tampa, though. Yeah, man, I mean, look, I joke around about Tampa and all that kind of stuff, but they're good, man. Like, we we have to admit, man, they they, they much better. You know what I'm saying? they much better. And honestly, I, I will say this. I, I'm going to say this, man. I'm sorry, folks. And, I mean, we, we may not want to hear this, but they are the best team in NFC South right now. To get, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you had to, like, like, as much as we love the Saints, y'all know that the Saints aren't playing well. They they not. They, they are not playing well. The Saints aren't playing like the best team in the NFC South. The only thing, the only way we're saying that the Saints are the best team in the NFC South because of our allegiance to them and the fact that they won a the division. But we have to be realistic, man. Tampa is playing better than the New Orleans Saints. Now, that does not mean that the Saints can't beat Tampa. I'm just saying Tampa looks better than New Orleans Saints from week to week. Like, 
you know, like I don't think Tampa is really too concerned about them getting smoked in the secondary and penalties all over the place. Now, I'll not take that back. They do have some penalties all over the place, and they are undisciplined on the offensive line. But if I mean, if I'm comparing teams, like they playing better than the Saints right now. But that's not that's not like I'm saying that the Saints can't beat them. I'm I'm just a realist. Like I'm not going to just. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because this is the state of the Saints, I'm a Saints fan. I'm not going to – I'm not just going to turn my head and pretend like I'm not seeing what I, I, I know is pretty obvious here. The Saints aren't playing well. They're winning games in spite themselves, but, that I mean, you got to be realistic, folks. They they playing better than us. They, they are. Uh, we could have beat the Packers, but once again, the Saints kept them in the game with poor defensive uh, plays. Uh, bye bye, Dennis Dimenez. Uh, Bounty. Uh, it wasn't even that man. It, it was Sean Payton as well, man. The inability to keep the ball rolling. They could not stop the Saints' running game. They can't. They cannot stop the Saints' running game, and they got away from the running game. Six carries, twelve yards in the second half. I, I mean, I, I I don't understand it. Okay, and and not to mention. That was one of those games that came down to the last possession. Taysom Hill fumble was huge because the Saints just so happened to get a turnover. You know what I'm saying? And Taysom Hill fumbled the football. So it was it was a combination of Sean Payton and Dennis Allen. But in that game, I'm going to blame Sean Payton more than Dennis Allen because if Sean Payton would have ran a football bounty gate, we wouldn't even be talking about the defense. See, that is the thing here. When the Saints ran the ball against the Detroit Lions 42 times, when they ran the ball 42 times, that kept the defense fresh. They controlled the time of possession. The differential was 13 minutes. 13 minutes. They had the ball 13 minutes more than the Detroit Lions. If the Saints would have followed that blueprint, then the Saints would have lost only one game one well yeah nah two i guess i don't know what their record is <laughs> one game <laughs> but anyway yeah they, i mean if they would have followed the recipe but they didn't man very undisciplined y'all think y'all will win a division again playing the way that y'all playing right now look uh kj let, let me make something perfectly clear to you man you know, let, let's let's just make something perfectly clear to you, okay? The Saints are not playing. They they playing some very pedestrian type football, but they still winning. So imagine if they start to like start clicking. That's dangerous, right there. That's dangerous, right? Because I mean, they playing. I mean, it can't get no worse. It can't get no worse than the start it was against the Los Angeles Chargers, and then that second half versus the Raiders. But yet the Saints are still sitting here, you know, in second place in NFC South due to technicality they had a bye week. So if the Saints would have, if Tampa would have had a bye week, Saints would have had a bye week, the Saints would have been winning the leading the division. So, I mean, you can't get no worse than what they're doing. You know, can't get no worse. The Saints will not let Dennis Allen go. Sean Payton says he cares about championship, but he isn't showing it. The 2009 Sean would have just uh, settled for, wouldn't just settle for mediocre or whatever you call what we got. Yeah, man, I do think complacency is a key here. 
uh, I do feel like Sean Payton is a little bit complacent. And um, I don't know, man. I guess he dialed in. He settled in. He felt like he got, you know, everything under control. He feel like uh, this is his team. Uh, he, I don't know. He in a, he in the driver's seat because he got us a Super Bowl. I don't know. All I know is uh, Dennis Allen got to go. And as long as we have Dennis Allen, I'm telling you, it's only a matter of time, bro. It's only a matter of time, folks, uh, before we get our hearts broken again. I'm, I'm just being serious. They not stopping Latavius. We stopping Kamara Sunday. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Y'all miss Luke Keekly tremendously, man. Let, let's just be honest about that. If Luke, if Luke Keekly were playing, I'd be a little concerned. Uh, yes, we start running and doing great. Then Sean uh, starts passing. I don't understand it myself. Murray is a beast. The more you give him the ball, the better he gets. And not to mention, the guy doesn't fumble the football. But I, I don't know, man. That man makes things so complicated. Uh, send Mike T across the street to the H. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that man ain't going nowhere. That man ain't going nowhere. Uh, Eagles fan here, man. Congratulations on that victory, man. And shouts out to Boston Scott, man, a former Saint, man, catching that, that clutch touchdown last night. Uh, I feel so bad for Carson Wentz, man. Um, it don't seem like nobody really, you know, nobody really want him like that. Um, they get Jalen Hurts. You know, people always talk about, man, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. But I tell you what, if, um, if it don't work out with the Eagles, man, send Carson Wentz to the Saints. Uh, we'll, we'll be glad to have him, all right? We'll be glad to have him. Uh, can't get your heart broken if you already seen it, TJ. seen it coming, TJ. Pretty much, you know? You know? Yeah, that's the way I, I look at it, you know? They can't break your heart if you know they, you know, they have that capability. I, I, don't, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm just never shocked with what the Saints do. And honestly, it's just becoming a reoccurring thing. When, when the Saints scored that touchdown in that game against the Chargers on Monday night, and they left about fifty-five seconds on the clock, I was like, "I seen this, I seen this move before." And like I said, they were a field goal away from seeing this situation so many times, folks. I'm just tired. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm just tired of watching this, man. I'm just tired of watching. What happened against Chicago? Teddy was rattled early. Um, yeah, man, they they got him. They got Teddy, man. But I don't know, man. Chicago Bears pretty good this season. Now they got Nick Foles. They got stability, and I think that the defense is revving up because they feel like they they actually believe that they actually can make some noise. I don't think they felt the same way with Mitchell Trubisky. I think that kind of changed the mind frame of that team. If Wentz comes to the Saints, Peyton will never run the ball. I agree with that. Saints best team, TJ, uh, come Saturday. Who they? I guess you mean come Sunday, Erica. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. The Saints got so many issues right now. You know, like I, like I said, the only thing that would be – the only reason I would be saying that they're the best team in the South is my fandom. Right now, they're just not, folks. They're just not. They're not. They're not, they not playing the best football. And despite the fact that they have the best chemistry, for the exception of the Falcons, 
And we all know that's a train wreck right now, but who knows, man, they might make an interest in Raheem Morris. You know, they might try to uh, win some games for him, you know, because I really feel like Raheem Morris might end up being their next head coach, him or Eric B enemy, you know, but that's the way I wrote. That's the way I'm thinking. Um, I'm not trying to make this a, a race thing, but I do feel like Arthur Blank is going to try to get an African-American quarter. I mean, quarterback, African-American coach. Uh, being that that is Atlanta, we know that Atlanta is a predominantly black city, and you know they're gonna try to they they want some asses in seats, man. That's what they want. They want some behinds in seats. So you know the best way for him to do that, you know, is smart marketing. Smart marketing would be a black a black coach. So if Raheem Morris wins some games that he shouldn't win, I mean because. <laughs> Let's let's just be real, man. We know for a fact at least two games, right? The, they could easily be three and two. They could be three, three and two or three and three easily. I mean, they gave up big leads in at least two games, and they and they won the last game. They beat the heck out of Minnesota Vikings. So, who's to say? You know, they can't make things interesting. Who knows? And if they if they feel inspired to play for uh, Raheem Morris, then. Look out. I think Carson Wentz is good. He just needs a good team uh, to play for. Uh, yeah, man, I mean, look. I mean, average to say the least, his uh, receiving court as of right now. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, man, bless the brother. You know, I watched his whole entire career. Uh, watched him in college, man. Uh, but, man, let, let's just be real about this. Uh, he stays hurt. I think, you know what I'm saying, it's pretty much time for him to wrap it up. Uh, Elshon Jeffries, stay hurt. Don't really want to be in Philly. Philly don't really believe in him like that. Uh, I don't know, Jalen Riga, I don't even, I think he hurt, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, so all you out there playing with is, is uh, Zach Ertz and, and Dallas Goddard. You know what I'm saying? So you out there with two uh, tight ends, uh, a scat back, running back in Boston Scott, uh, a former college uh, quarterback, you know what I'm saying? As a wide receiver and, and just some other guys that you found off the street. Like, you ain't winning nothing with that. And the only thing that's saving them right now is the trash NFC East, who I feel like the NFL should make an exception for one season only, uh, just completely suspending an entire division and letting somebody else get into the playoffs in their spot. Because that is just absolutely dog water. You know what I'm saying? Like, dumpster juice. That division is... You know, like I won't say that's that's dog uh stay outside for 10 hour water, you know what I'm saying? Like that that's that's dumpster juice, that's a train wreck, that's a dumpster fire, whatever you want to say to describe the NFC East. Okay, that's just an embarrassment. I disagree, TJ. Blank not hiring a black coach. I big herb, I'm gonna have to disagree with that, man, because we have to understand here, we have to understand, you know. Like I said, I'm not trying to make this political, folks, but we have to understand the climate. We have to understand the the lack of uh, support right now, the 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 frustration of the Falcon fan base. Trust and believe, man. I'm telling you, don't do not be surprised because you have Eric Bieniemy out there, right? The offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. People have been clamoring wanting this guy to be a coach 
they feel like the success of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know what I'm saying, is, is really uh, because of Eric B. Enemy. So I'm telling y'all, man, I'm, I'm look, Atlanta. I mean, y'all, come on now. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about here. Atlanta is a predominantly African-American city. They have predominantly, you know what I'm saying, the most people that come to the, their games be African-American fans. Arthur Blank, you know what I'm saying, Arthur Blank, is trying to make sure that he sells out this. I mean, because y'all don't understand, Mercedes-Benz Stadium ain't been there that long, and they still paying on that thing. You know what I'm saying? So, And you want to keep the sponsors there, right? You want to keep Mercedes-Benz name on top of the marquee. They're paying you millions upon millions of dollars. So they want to return on their investment. So smart marketing. Like I said, I don't know if he'll do this or not, but if he was smart, if it was me, if I was Arthur Blank, that is what I would do. That that is what I would do. I would hire an African American quarterback. I mean, why I keep saying quarterback? African American coach, because I feel like it would be relatable. I'm sorry, folks. I look. I say I, I know we don't want to turn this show political, but I'm just saying from a marketing standpoint, and I don't feel like it's no different. I don't feel like it's no different from from the politics that we look at. You know what I'm saying? From from the things that we read, it's about marketing, folks. That that's what this is about. I'm gonna read a few more, and then we're gonna get up out of here because I I have another interview I gotta do, and I'm pretty sure I'm getting a message about this interview. Yes, I am. Okay, so I'm gonna have to read a few more and get up out of here because I got an interview, man. Um, I want y'all to check it out, man. Uh, you know, it's a uh, we're observing um. Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I'm going to be doing an interview um, with uh, with Tori. Uh, she's a fellow co-worker of mine, man. She wants to tell her story, man. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, moderate that interview for her, man. It's going to be uh, going to be interesting, man. And, uh, you know, that's something we got to observe too, man. You know, all these things going on with coronavirus and stuff like that. You know, I mean, domestic violence numbers are at all-time high right now. So I know this is a sports show, but just wanted to, you know, let people know about that kind of stuff, man. And, uh, you know, if you are in a, a volatile relationship, because I know there are people out there that deal with domestic violence. Some of them deal with it in silence, man. You know, you know, always, you know, that you can walk away and there's always help out there for you. So very excited about doing that interview later on. Uh, let me see. You trying to tell the same something, TJ? That's why you saying African American QB. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I I guess you know, I guess because that's always what people be talking about, you know. And like I said, I ain't trying to make this thing political, man. I'm looking at it from a marketing standpoint. Uh, why would you have? I mean, why would he leave a OC job for another one? Uh, because it's a head coaching job, Marcus. You know, <laughs> I mean, look, the the whole it's like it's like somebody saying, "Look, man, uh, why leave the mail room?" You know, what I'm saying to be an, uh, an executive on on the top floor, like it's a better job. You know, what I'm saying, like <laughs> I'm done watching this podcast over and out. <laughs> uh, let me see, I'm done watching this podcast over and out. Why Ghostface? Can you? Why you? Why you over and out for? Uh, Atlanta is beating Tampa. 
Uh, they might. They might. Like I said, man, they playing this by it right now. It might take a lot of uh, Ghostface Griller to be getting mad. Uh, no, he said to be an OC for the Saints. Oh, no, no, no. That ain't happening. That ain't happening right there. Uh, why did the Eagle trade Nick Foles' bad idea? Probably uh, because they, they wanted to uh, show Carson Wentz that they were committed to him. Why didn't the Chiefs OC get a job like Philly OC and Rams OC after Super Bowl? Um, that's a good question. I, I really don't know. I really don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I, I can tell you about the uh, the Rams. Probably they thought that um, you know, I mean, come on, Sean McVay called a play, so it's that's like you know what I'm saying that's like the whole Pete Carmichael thing, right? You know what I'm saying? Sean Payton calling the plays. Nobody really believes that Pete Carmichael is playing a, a huge role in a in you know installing the offense week to week. You know, he just has that particular duty. So I can understand it from that particular standpoint. And also with Doug Peterson, uh, you know, I mean, he won a Super Bowl. Even though I feel like Frank Wright uh was the mastermind behind that. And we see him with the Indianapolis Colts right now, which, you know, and we see how Philly just starts struggling once uh Frank Wright left to become a head coach in Indianapolis. And and Indianapolis got to be one of the luckiest franchises, man. Because I feel like Frank Wright, man, that was a blessing in disguise. They didn't even want him. They wanted Josh McDaniel. And Josh McDaniel turned it it down. So they was like, oh, let's go get Frank Wright. But they lucky, man. Frank Wright is a really good coach. And he's one of those guys I feel like going to be a Super Bowl winning coach one day. I think that was a good fit for him in Indianapolis. Like, real talk. Um. Morris is a good coach. The Falcons would be stupid to get rid of him. Yeah, man. The man should have been a coach. The man should have been a head coach. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering about what a Ghostface Griller, man. I mean, he said he was over and out. He said he's done with this podcast. I, I guess it was the fact that, you know, when you start talking about, I guess, political things, people want to want to dip out, you know? <laughs> I hope that ain't the case because I'm not going to stop talking about situations like that. <laughs> uh, TJ, what about Marvin Lewis for the defensive coordinator? Well, that wouldn't be a bad, that wouldn't be bad. You know, if there was a, if there wasn't so much bad blood between uh, Sean Payton and, and Rob Ryan, I would say Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan would be a good defensive coordinator. He's a better coordinator than his brother is. I'll tell you that. So I would I would take Rex Ryan. I would take Rex Ryan as a defensive coordinator. I feel like the defense would be better. That's just my honest opinion. But that'll never happen, though, because uh, I think they have, like, some type of personal – I think they got, like, some kind of personal vendetta or something like that, you know, against Sean Payton. I don't know. But I would take Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan is a really good coach. But like I said, if the Atlanta Falcons were a smart uh, organization, they would they would try to get you know from a from a smart marketing standpoint, uh, you know I think they should hire somebody like uh, Eric Bieniemy or Raheem Morris or something like that, you know. Uh, Mike Singletary is my vote for DC. Um, 
think I don't know, man. Uh, some people are so sensitive. That's why Ghostface uh, Gorilla left the podcast. Um, maybe you know what I'm saying. I don't know, man. Ghostface Gorilla is always a pretty optimistic guy, so I don't know. But I'm not gonna change that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think that th- this is why you know what I'm saying. Like, we're in a position that we are right now as a society because we're so entrenched in these things that are going on that it makes us question the people that, you know what I'm saying, all our friends. Like, it used to be a time if a person was a Republican or a Democrat, nobody would care. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all still would be friends. Like, y'all might not uh, y'all might not agree with different political affiliation or whatever, but y'all still would be friends. But now it's like, I guess how the world is designed now there's like no gray area so all of a sudden like if you start talking about social issues or whatever like that people won't roll their eyes and dip out but i'm like how do we get to this point you know what i'm saying how how do we get to this point that we have completely become so stubborn in our positions that we don't even want to hear or talk to anybody else that may think differently from us like that's that's stupid you know what i'm saying like there's a lot of people that i have conversations with i don't agree with everything they say but i respect the their, their right to say it so i mean i i don't know man you know I, I i'm looking forward to a world where we can go back to actually having an opinion and not be labeled you know what i'm saying not be labeled a racist uh not be labeled a, a sympathizer you know what I'm saying? Not not be labeled a member of, a, 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 you know what I'm saying, Antifa, or, you know what I'm saying, or, or trying to destroy your, you know what I'm saying, like your, your neighborhood, my neighborhood, my way of life, your way of life. Like, I don't know, man. This world has become so ugly, man. Like, seriously, it's become so ugly to a point where we have just become so stubborn in our ways to a point where if people ain't speaking the same language as us, like we don't want to be nowhere around them. What the hell is that? Who the hell want to be around a whole bunch of people like them? Seriously, I don't. You know what I'm saying? I don't. You know what I'm saying? I respect, like, you know what I'm saying? Anybody that know me knows. I, man, look, I don't care if you feel the same way I do. No, but I don't know, man. We we got we to gotta do better. We got to do better, folks. I like this podcast. I'm not going anywhere, no matter what we talk about. I appreciate that, Jermaine. You know, like I said, man, I don't, I don't care about people's position. You know, I don't care if you vote for Biden. I don't care if you vote for Trump. I, don't, I man, look, I don't care about any of that stuff. Like I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like I just think that I we we have been systematically programmed to gravitate to to things that that we feel like we relate to and we completely dismiss the things that we don't understand or don't want to understand and that's sad man that's sad come on people wade rex mike marvin etc aren't options in nola saints aren't firing dennis period Hmm. well gonna be some dark ages Josh says we gotta uh get rid of all the lefties for that TJ Antifa is trying to make sure free speech don't exist, so is BLM. Um (laughs) 
look, man, I, I I really just don't I really don't understand like how we get to this point. You know what I'm saying? How how do we get to this point? I, I really don't. I don't believe like I'm, I'm gonna just be real. I don't believe a damn thing. No media person tells me none of them. not CNN, not Fox. I look. I take it in healthy doses. Not only do I look at CNN, I look at Fox News, I look at MSNBC. And I want people to understand this. If you ever seen Anchorman, I swear, that movie, you know what I'm saying? Like, as crazy and zany as that movie was, when right there, um, the movie when Ryan Burgundy wanted to start his own channel, almost like CNN, he made a very good point. He said, why are we telling people what we what they need to hear? Let's tell people what they want to hear. I don't think they register with a lot of people because that is a whole news platform right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you understand it? That's like the whole, that's like the whole news standpoint right now. Like you turn to CNN because you want to hear them talk about Donald Trump. You turn to Fox News because you want them to talk about Joe Biden or you want them to tell you that you ain't crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, man. But like I said, we have to start understanding one another. We got to at least get back to that particular point. That, that's all I'm saying. Uh, Royce, uh, TJ, rather than first take undisputed, I doubt that very highly, but I appreciate those uh, kind words. Uh, look like you're going to open up a can of worms, TJ. Look, I, I don't care, man. Like, Sometimes these conversations go this way, but I don't know, man. I just think that we need to get to a point where we can actually have conversations. Look, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like Antifa, BLM, or none of these white supremacist groups and all that kind of stuff is the reason why we're in this position right now. We're in this position right now because this is my honest and humble opinion. The media has divided us through political things you know what i'm saying like you know like just just all these different issues that's been going on right the the power of the split screen the two-sided screen somebody talking about i'm for this the other person talking about i'm against this and making you choose sides from a 15 minute segment that's that's the reason why we're in this position right now we because there is no longer a gray area any anything like any show that you look at think about this how is it that i'm serious i'm serious folks how is it that we can watch some of these debate shows on television every single morning and it's ironic to me how about 95 or 96 percent of the time these guys these guys disagree like like you serious like are you serious It, it seems to me like they go into the show with two different stands. So if they go first, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be for it. So the person that's listening to it, well, I got to be against it. So let me present why I'm against it, even though you might be for it. Like, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I'm serious, man. It is crazy how there is no gray area anymore. If there's no gray area, man. And like I said, bruh. This has been in the heart of men for a long time. Like, seriously. I don't feel like, I don't feel like, um, I don't feel like this was something that just happened 
you know what I'm saying, overnight. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like some of the things that's going on, giving people this ammunition. And with the power of the media, convincing people that they ain't crazy. Because let's just be real, man. We we turn the shows and we gravitate to things that want to prove to us that we ain't crazy. Because if that was the case, then we'll look at both sides. But we don't. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we don't. We don't look at both sides. We don't. We look at things that, that relate to us. That's that's very dangerous, man. You got to know, you know what I'm saying? The left hand got to know what the right hand is doing. Love this podcast so much. Great energy, man. Hope you all have a blessed day, man. Uh, we will be down Sunday and for the rest of the season. I think we will uh, get on track, man. Who that? Yeah, Mike. I, I believe that. Man, we about to wrap it up. But that just kind of made me think about that, man, because I'm I'm very concerned about the condition of this world man i know this is the state of the saints podcast but my goodness man i just i just man i i don't always agree with everybody but i like i said i respect people's opinion we have to you know it's okay to agree to disagree i just i just feel with the power of social media how we debate and go and talk for hours trying to convince the other person that we right and more right than them like that's getting us nowhere man you know i i remember them times you know what i'm saying i think about when some of the most tragic situations that, that happened in this country and it didn't matter what color you was we stood together you know what i'm saying we rolled together you know what i'm saying like i don't know man i don't know how we got to this point i really don't folks and but it's it's very discouraging What's the latest on Michael Thomas? I'm just getting the chance to tune in. Uh, had a hamstring issue chosen. Uh, some people are thinking that it has something to do uh, with him possibly trying to force his way out of New Orleans, which I thought was pretty insane. So that's what we were talking about. Uh, and lastly, we got uh, Bounty Gate says, the people behind the government and we don't see is the ones we should be after not each other and the crooked politicians who sold us out bounty gate you're absolutely right man you're absolutely right i have no issue with what you just said because we have people out here pulling the strings you know we have people out here who are trying to control our lives you <laughs> know we don't even understand it you know i mean i don't know i, I just feel like what this world has taught me that people are going to look out for themselves. You know, people are going to look out for themselves. Uh, a can of worms. Thank you very much for the $2 says T TJ. Then open me up. <laughs> nah, man, I ain't open up a can of worms, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being real. You know, I just feel like if we're looking for per perfection and politicians, that's not happening. If we're looking for hope and politicians, it's not going to happen. Rather you voting for Trump or voting for Biden. No, you know what I'm saying? Neither one of them. Both of them are flawed. Uh, you know, I'm a firm believer in term limits. I feel like these same old farts that have been in Congress and in the House for all these years have been one of the main issues. I feel like anybody that believes that a man that has been in office for four years destroys a country, long, you know what I'm saying, more than a person that has been on Capitol Hill for 47, 48 years is ridiculous. You know? So, 
uh i'm unsubscribing uh i hate to say it like that man i didn't even know you subscribed you know <laughs> i didn't even know you subscribed man <laughs> i'm sorry so you know excuse me man you know and I, I appreciate you telling me that you unsubscribing to the channel man because most likely i probably don't want your energy here anyway man because we talk about everything never know where this show is going to go uh so yeah man but yeah man i feel like we need turn limits i don't i feel like those are the people <laughs> i feel like those are the people man that's, that's really pulling the strings you know uh you know all these different things that have been separating us all this energy how is it that we have all these different news cycles with no positive energy from none of them man that's all i want to know but I want to say thank you all very much for tuning into the State of the Saints podcast. This has been fun, man. We talked about Michael Thomas. We talked about the defense. We even talked about, as <laughs> you even talked about, uh, Black Lives Matter. You know what I'm saying? They <laughs> like, talked about everything. <laughs> but I, I want to say, man, thank y'all so much, man. And like I said, I apologize. You know, I didn't want it to get this political and all that kind of stuff. Um, if you do, you know, what I'm saying, want to talk about stuff like this, I do have another channel called unapologetic podcast um we talk about stuff like that you know what i'm saying get in depth you know i mean i guess I, I want people to know something about me man I, i'm not one of those people that just i'm not just super militant and all that kind of stuff because i'm just not you know what i'm saying like i feel like anybody that know me i'm passionate right so if i'm not gonna give my all or something i'm not gonna act like it i'm not gonna act like i'm the most woke person in the room you know what I'm saying? Just to sound good. But um, I just want this world to be better. You know what I'm saying? I want us to be able to have conversations. I want us to be able to understand one another. You know? So that that's all that's all I want. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care what color you are. You know what I'm saying? Because we're all a part of, hum- of the human race. Straight up. You know? If you see a person dying in the street, are you just going to step over them? Oh, man, that's a black dude. Oh, that's a white dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to try to help them. I would hope. So, you know what I'm saying? We like let's let's have conversations, let's talk. And if we don't agree, let's agree to disagree, but still have love in our hearts for each other, right? That's what's important. But subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search the state of the saints podcast, facebook.com, search the state of the saints podcast. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, and yes. We will have a prediction show on tomorrow. I will let you all know who is going to win the game between the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. We're going to be breaking that game down. And um, looking forward to the weekend, man. Pre-game and post-game show this Sunday. Going to be breaking down the Saints game. Going to talk about it. Going to open up the phone lines. Uh, You know, we're going to be doing all of these things, man. So, man, call in. You know what I'm saying? Call in. You know what I'm saying? Support the show. Thank you all, all those that donate to the State of the Saints podcast, the ones that show love. Shouts out to my guy, Jared Poor Jr. for coming through with the articles. Shouts out to my boy, Mike, and, and Josh and Jesus, and, and Chemo, and all the other cats chosen. Man, shouts out to all y'all out there, man. Uh, I really do appreciate that love and the support. And um, like always, all I got to say is, who that?